Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 328 for Tuesday, December the 31st, 2013. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson, flying solo tonight. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun together, you and me, all by ourselves. And all the other millions of people who are here, you just can't see them. All right, hey, I'm going to I'm going to hold everything together, hold down the fort tonight. I'm going to tell you what's coming up in the newsroom. First of all, one of the most ambitious space missions in all of history is underway. They're going to be showing us the first ever realistic glimpse into the construction of our galaxy. Also, some more info is unveiled with regards to the 40 million Target customers who had their debit and credit card information stolen. Now the banks plan to cut customer cards off at a piddly daily spending limit uh, just for shopping at Target. Whoops. Okay, Google's getting big into robotics, and their Shaft robot has won first place in DARPA's two-day competition specifically to find the most incredible robots. The Internet Archive is now providing browser-based play of classic video games, and we're talking a bigger selection than you had even with your Atari 2600 Telegame Center storage case. Tons and tons of exciting stuff coming up tonight. Stick around. Those stories are coming up about halfway through the show. All right, tonight I'm going to be showing you the ultimate way to do collaborative writing as we build a Linux server which allows you to actually work together with other people and everybody can edit all at the same time. So stick around. It's going to be a great show. I've got stuff to give away as well. we got those $25 gift cards from ESET. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble Krista Wells Eric Kidd and your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, ESET from ESET.com. You want to check them out. Um, Just so you know, they have sent us some $25 prepaid Visa cards that I'm going to be sending out to you. And uh, we've got your ballots this week. I've got a few, uh, well, a handful of ballots in this week. Tons of people sending me emails. Nice to hear from everybody. Nice to actually receive some ballots from people that we haven't heard from in a long time as well. Because a lot of you are not quite able to necessarily tune into the show live. Um, So for you, it's really, really nice for me to receive those ballots and say, hey, oh yeah, look at them. They're still watching the show, still tuning in and having a great time and enjoying themselves so great to have you joining us and tonight we've got drawbot with us tonight we're going to give away at least a couple of these um so don't go anywhere lots to give away these are 25 dollars prepaid visa cards from eset so i see john alpec pyrus rock this world greg n invincible mutant they're going by so fast i can't even keep up we've collected your ballots over the past week And uh, these have been sent to us by email. Good luck to everybody. This is a $25 prepaid Visa. It's a gift card that you can use at uh, stores that accept Visas. The winner is... Nightwalker Biz. Congratulations, Nightwalker Biz. You are the proud owner of a $25 prepaid visa card this comes to us from eset at eset.com and of course if you're in canada or the u.s there it is there's your card if you're in canada or the u.s all you need to do is go to cat5.tv slash eset of course we are an eset affiliate and uh, if you use that link in canada or the u.s then uh, they'll actually know that you're coming from category five and that throws a little bit in our bank account as well so you can have the 25 dollars we'll we'll take what they give us as well so Thank you very much. Uh, and, of course, do check them out. I'm saying that not just to our winner, Nightwalker Biz, but anybody who is interested in getting top-notch antivirus products for their Windows computers or Linux computers or business networks, make sure you go to cat5.tv eset. 
Okay, so speaking of ESET, we're going to take a really quick break, and we're going to see what it is that they're doing for uh, for business users at cat5.tv slash ESET. Stick around. We'll be right back. To secure your company, you need confidence in a trusted solution. Technological leadership has made ESET a pioneer of the antivirus industry for 25 years. Continual research and development has earned us trust in our solutions. A long record of awards and independent security tests are proof of this, as are millions of users worldwide. ESET Endpoint Security Solutions for your business. Emerging threats are eliminated by our unique scanning engine with cloud-based technology. Low system demands ensure fast and efficient security. The web control prevents network overloads and controls online activity. With our easily manageable solution, you can oversee security on thousands of endpoints from a single console. Flexible, easily managed, and cost-effective. Endpoint security solutions from ESET. Proven. Trusted. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Congratulations again to our winner tonight. We've got another gift card to give away, so stick around. Uh, Drawbot is standing by with your ballots. Um, also, uh, if you want to be a part of next week's draw, all you have to do is uh, just send me an email live at category5.tv. Include the word ballot in your subject line and your category5.tv registered viewer name in the body of the email. That will be your way of casting a ballot for Drawbot next week. And we're doing that instead of going into the chat room just over the next couple of weeks. We want to include those of you who aren't necessarily able to tune into the show live. I know that uh, you know there are those of you who are watching in different time zones and it may be one two three four o'clock in the morning where you are we don't want to exclude you uh, from our contest so that'll be your chance to participate category five technology tv is a member of the tech podcast network if it's tech it's here you can find them cat5.tv slash tpn and the international association of internet broadcasters at cat5.tv slash iaib Thank you to our viewers who've sent in donations this week. Makes a huge difference. Uh, we had in the month of December, uh, it's a terrible, terrible month here at the show. I got to tell you, uh, as far as everything kind of coming together all at once, our domains come due for renewal. Our hosting comes due for renewal. We prepay uh, annually and uh, we have a fairly large hosting account, as you can imagine. Um, so that comes due in December. Also, we had uh, a very, very high internet bill over the past couple of months uh, just for our bandwidth usage as we were as we roll out the episodes uh, over the new transcoders costs a lot of money to send those files there have just been a lot of larger than normal abnormally high bills so your donations unless otherwise specified um, or if they were through um, our specifically our indiegogo or our fundraiser uh, campaigns um, general donations have been put toward our month month to month expenses and that's really making a difference we thank you for that um, if you'd like to send in a contribution is cat5.tv slash c that's where you can donate just to uh, to support the show if you want to give a one-time or a monthly donation. Also, we talk about gift cards. We've got a really cool promotion going on at cat5.tv slash studio. If you contribute, you will actually get a gift card for the amount that you contribute, which is really, really cool because let's say I give $50, then I can get $50 in, say, gasoline for my car. I can get a gift card for Petro Canada that will allow me to go to the gas station and put $50 in my tank. So you've given $50 to the show. We uh, subsidize these cards and then you receive a card for $50. Um, and it's, it just is a, an all around win-win. So that's a really cool way to do it. It's cat5.tv slash studio. Excellent way for you to support the show. And uh, also it's just a way of reallocating funds in a little, a little bit because you're basically getting it back uh, as far as getting those, those gift cards back. Uh, also, I want to say hello to those who are newly registered on our website. Um, really, really nice to have you joining us at Category5.tv. It's a free service, our, our website. Um, the whole show is, is provided to you absolutely free. I want to say hello to HHBTM. Also, Lensky, uh, El Monte Slim, I Love Linux, Regniz, and Thebians. Great to have you all joining us at Category5.tv. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, and I uh, just want to remind you, if you haven't already checked it out, now this is going to hurt. 
m.cat5.tv. There it is. On my shiny forehead. That's our mobile website. If you wanted to scan that code, uh, visit m.cat5.tv on your mobile device. That's got the live uh, radio feed so you can listen to the show if you're driving around or sitting on the train and you want to be able to tune in. Uh, Maybe you don't have the bandwidth and you just want to be able to tune in and catch the video later, whatever you want to do. It's also got live video uh, during the show as well as uh, on-demand video for some of the past episodes. So you don't want to miss out on that m.cat5.tv, just another way that we distribute the show to you, make it easy for you to get a hold of Category 5 Technology TV on your device. And again, absolutely free. So you can't beat that. Okay, well, as you know, I'm here flying solo all by myself tonight. No co-host. So we're just going to sit back and relax and take it easy, just you and me, and, you know, we'll just hang out and have a fun time. And I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that I cover as much of your questions, as many of, of your questions as possible, and try to stay on topic, try to uh, make sure that we cover everything that we set out to do. But first of all, tonight, what I wanted to feature is we're going to learn about collaborative writing and some software that's going to allow us to do that in a very, very unique way. I'm talking about a text editor that allows us to, in fact, edit collaboratively with other users. So we're not talking about me opening a Word document, creating a Word document, sending it to my friend and them having the wrong software. So then I got to convert it to something else. And and then they open it and they edit it and they notate it and then they send it back to me. And somewhere along the line, something gets mixed up. No, we're talking real-time editing of whatever it could be a document it could be code it could be uh it could be your grocery list and you know the the wife is at home and uh, she's typing on her ipad or whatever and i'm somewhere else and i'm typing on my computer and and we can be working together to collaborate the list i mean i'm just thinking out loud of different things that this thing can be used for you're going to have some great ideas as well so tonight what i'm going to do i'm going to actually create a virtual machine we're going to create a server to do this. It's going to be a virtual machine in my case. It doesn't have to be a virtual machine in your case. Masterminds z- uh, uh, was mentioning in the chat room uh, that he's actually going to run this on a, on a Raspberry Pi once I show you how to do this. So maybe you're following along right now, Mastermind, and, and uh, just about ready to get this set up on your Raspberry Pi. That's a cool way to do it. I'm going to be doing this with Debian. So in VirtualBox, which is a free virtualization software, I'm going to tell, okay, I'm going to call this, uh, we're going to set it all up. I might as well name it what it is. It's called Etherpad. So let's just do that. It's called Etherpad Lite, but we're going to leave it as Etherpad. And basic needs as far as memory and hard drive, all the defaults, dynamically allocated, 8 gigs, doesn't really matter at this point, And we're set to go. Okay, so we need to get a copy of Debian. Debian, of course, is a famous Linux distribution. It's available absolutely free. It's a it's a operating system for servers. It's an operating system for desktops. It is the base of Ubuntu Linux, one of the most famous Linux distributions in the world, is actually powered by Debian. So we're going to go right to the core of Linux, and we're going to say, okay, let's get Debian as our base. Debian.org. You'll see here, getting Debian, you'll see a link for network install. That's what I want to click on. And then small CDs. And then you'll see under small CDs, a variety of different options. We're going to go with i386 because even though my computer is a 64-bit computer, my virtual machine is going to be 32 bits because I don't need more than 4 gigs of RAM and I don't need 64-bit architecture for this thing. So we're going to make it real simple. We're going to keep it 32-bit. I'm going to download that file. Here it comes not going to take too long. Um, it's 277 megs for the, for the small CD. So here it comes. While I'm waiting for that, let's go through some of the settings of this virtual machine that I've just created. And again, I'm going to stress that you don't have to do this as a virtual machine. You could download this net, uh, the net install of Debian, and you could do this on a real physical box. You could do this on a Raspberry Pi. You could do this on whatever you want. What I'm doing is I'm doing it on a virtual machine just for the sake of demonstration so that we don't have to set up actual hardware. That's fine. Uh, how you want to do it is entirely up to you. 
Okay, so going through here, audio. We're going to turn off enable audio because we don't need a sound card in our server. We're going to switch our network adapter to bridged adapter. We're going to turn off enable USB controller because we certainly don't need that in a server. And that's really about it. Now I see that my file has finished downloading, as you can see. So I'm going to actually go to storage, highlight my CD-ROM drive, and choose a virtual CD-DVD disk file. Go to my downloads, and I see that there is the netinst iso that i've downloaded i actually have two copies i downloaded one just before the show just to be certain that i didn't have any problems with the download so i'm going to just double click on that now i've actually because of the way virtualization works i've basically inserted that cd into my virtual cd-rom drive how cool is that so now when i hit okay and i double click on my etherpad virtual machine it's going to start to boot up and it's actually going to boot from my debian cd what do you want to do first option is install Let's hit right control key and the F key for let's switch to full screen mode. And we're going to choose English, Canada in my case, American English. And this literally, I mean, we're working, we're building a server from scratch from the software end of things. And you'll see this literally may take about eight minutes or so. Um, time me. I would say five to eight minutes to get a full Debian install up and running um, if all goes well. Not too sure how fast the system is that I'm virtualizing on right here. It's just our demo computer, but if you've got a, a reasonably fast computer and you're able to do this, um, it's going to be pretty good. We're going to do this all in real time. None of this is pre-recorded, um, so you're actually seeing this in real time. This is the exact time that it's taking for me to do this. It's detecting some of my networking settings. This is great. No problems whatsoever. DHCP is getting my IP address, and it's good. All right, what do we want to call it? Well, let's call this, what do you say we just call it what it is? Etherpad. So this is going to be my Etherpad server, so let's do that. Domain name is nothing. Enter. We're just going to run it as a work group. My root password can be whatever I want. Just make it something strong. Full name for my new user. Well, let's call this Etherpad. Makes sense, right? This is a server dedicated specifically to my Etherpad service that I'm creating. Enter your password for that user. Enter your time zone is Eastern in my case. Here we go. All right, so this is just about to partition my hard drive. Do I want to use the entire disk? Absolutely. Hit enter. It's going to use the entire hard drive, but keeping in mind that what we're actually looking at, and I'm just using the default options there. I'm going to do everything default. We're actually formatting and setting up partitions. Right changes to disk? Yes. Uh, we're setting up the partitions on a virtual hard drive. This is not happening on our physical hard drive. This is a virtual hard drive, which is a file a VDI, I think it was, that we set up uh, within VirtualBox that contains a hard drive for a virtual machine. So how cool is that? It's, it's all contained within this file. So here it goes. It's rocking its way. I'll just let you know if you want to check it out. It's etherpad.org. Head on over there right now as this is installing. Check out some of the neat features that are there. It'll tell you all about it. Uh, I can bring it up on the screen as well, but you know what? This is going to be done before we know it. Etherpad.org. It's free software to get this done, and it does require some form of a, a server setup. So that's why I'm building a Debian machine, or you may put this on your Raspberry Pi, as Mastermind is hoping to do. You may put this on a physical box that you want to lock down and create some kind of a collaborative server for your, for your workstation, say, in business. Here's a perfect opportunity for your staff to be able to create documents that can be edited by anyone who has access to that document. Pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's rudimentary as far as, I would think of it more of a text editor than, say, a word processor. So think about a, a Weissawig, what you see is what you get kind of text editor on the web versus Microsoft Word or LibreOffice Writer. Um, but it's full-featured, it's rich, and it's real-time. That's what is really, really impressive about this stuff. So it's really motoring along here. Again, this is all happening in real-time. Welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson, flying solo. It's all about me. Still got the Christmas tree up. Couldn't bear to take it down just yet. I figure, you know what, it's not January 1st yet. Almost is. 
figure January 1st is kind of the day that I de-decorate, uh, kind of hold on to it. We're just doing uh, turkey dinner on Saturday, so it still feels a little bit Christmassy around here because uh, we've just been doing our things. I hope you had a nice Christmas as well uh, for those of you who celebrate. And, and for those of you who don't, I mean, I just, you know, it's the time of year where we all just, uh, you know, it's just a nice time of year that we all get together. And, and I think it's a, I don't know, a good good time of year, I guess. But uh, certainly is is nice for for us and great time with family. I had a nice time with my family. Uh, we've been sick. I've been sick, but it's otherwise been great. Did a nice turkey dinner on Saturday. Uh, had people over and family over, and I couldn't eat it. How sad is that? If you're reading me on Twitter, um, you saw that uh, I actually could not eat my turkey dinner. So the following day, I made a homemade turkey soup, and that was. I was able to eat that, and that was great. So it was nice to have that. But sad story, eh? We're at 83% here. Here it comes. We've got Erica Lalonde is actually going to be popping in a little bit later tonight, not necessarily during this show. Um, but uh, Rob Gore, you'd be interested to note that uh, she's coming in to sign that uh, 8x10 for you. And she's going to be doing up some business cards for those of you who purchased some uh, business cards through our Indiegogo campaign as well. Personal autographs, all for you. 96%, here we go. Almost there, folks. It's tough not to have a little bit of dead air when there's not uh, anyone else here because I've got to take a sip of my water too. Here we go. Almost need some drawbot music or something... Yeah. 97%, 98%. Here we go. Almost there. Once we've got Debian installed, now what we're doing, the first step is basically we're creating a a server, right? We're doing it through VirtualBox, but this could be anything. Uh, But we're creating a server from scratch, which is really an exciting thing. Some people have said, how do we do this? Well, here you go. You don't have to be building... I'm going to click on, I'm going to click and then talk. Um, NRC.ca has been down for me. So I'm going to go with, uh, let's say Debian.York. U. York U will be fairly um, reliable and no proxy. So I just hit enter on that. Um, what I'm saying is um, if you want to build a server, you can learn from this aspect of, you know, what we're doing up, up the, just out the get go. All right. Because even though we're going to be building a collaborative writing server with Etherpad Lite, um, you can get up to that point by installing Debian. And then you can say switch modes and say, okay, I'm going to install PHP 5. I can install MariaDB. I can install PHP 5 dash MySQL. And I'm going to set up a nice little web server, maybe stick CSF on there as a firewall to protect myself from malicious users and things like that. So there are all different things that you can do at the point once you've got Debian installed and feel free to do this in a virtual box, virtual machine, because Hey, it's a fail safe way for you to just sandbox, which is to, to practice and play and not have to worry about breaking a real system. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to do that. So you get one system that is reasonably powerful, and then you install VirtualBox and run all your virtual machines in there. Beautiful thing about VirtualBox, too, you may be thinking, well, I don't run Linux. For those of you who are on Windows 7, Windows 8, you can actually download and install VirtualBox into your computer, and you can install Linux in VirtualBox so you can test it. So now you've got an opportunity to yeah do these server environments, but also you can test Linux and say, oh, well, this is awesome. Maybe I want to install this on my on my host OS, make this into my operating system. That might be the way to go. So I encourage you to try VirtualBox if you haven't already. This is moving along. It's just installing the software through apt. Probably a little longer than eight minutes, I think, by the time it's downloaded and installed everything. Yeah, it's updating a whole pardon me, a whole bunch of stuff. But it is moving along. And we're going to get there tonight. If you can believe we're going to do this whole thing in the course of one episode of Category 5. How exciting is that? I say that now, and it's at 12%. So I have a lot of faith in my computer. So we'll see how it goes. Give it just a couple more moments before I uh, change modes just temporarily. But uh, while we're waiting for that, I'll just let you know this is good news. I'm just going to bring something up here for you. All right. How do you like this? Ladies and gentlemen, 
the Category 5 Technology TV logo, logo stickers have arrived. Yes! Here's our buddy Max from StickerU.com holding one of the very first Category 5 stickers from the run. There it is. You notice that, as I mentioned, there is the light-colored and the dark-colored. So if you've got a black laptop, you can use the light-colored one, and it'll turn out real great. If you want to stick it on a white car, you've got the dark one, and you can do that. It will work on anything that you got. So we've got those here. There you go, folks. These are vinyl stickers. They look great. They are fantastic quality. And while it looks like they are on a white background, these are, in fact, transparent. See that? All right. So that's what's so exciting about these because they won't, they, they, they will show really, really nicely. So while I'm waiting, I might as well get started sending these things out. So, all right. Rick Van Lyshout. There we go. Rick Van Lyshout. All right. Here we go. There you go, buddy. That is going in the mail for you. And I'm going to work my way through that stack this weekend. You are going to be receiving those fairly quickly. I don't think it's going to take long to get to you. They are going out regular post. Very excited to have those going out. If you didn't get a chance to get one of those through our Indiegogo campaign, don't worry. Uh, We actually have opportunities coming for you as we're opening our new merch store. Um, You'll be able to purchase those logo stickers as well. Uh, But fantastic quality. They've done an excellent job for us. And uh, very, very excited to be able to offer those to you. And really exciting, too, that we've got the two different versions. I love that. Um, That is just fantastic. So great news. And uh, for those of you wondering about other stuff, all of the signed merchandise is almost ready. Uh, Looks like we're getting some of the final signatures uh, this week. Uh, A couple other products that are going out from China um, are still underway, and uh, we'll have more updates for you uh, within the next couple of weeks. I guess some, you know, there were some closures over the past couple weeks with holidays and things, um, so more information is coming too. Okay, this system is asking about the popularity contest. We can just say no to that. In this particular case, we don't need to be providing popularity contest contest information. Okay, almost there. Okay, what do we want to do? Debian desktop environment? Nope. Print server? Nope. Standard system utilities? Nope. Okay, notice I have unchecked everything because guess what? We're going to build our own server. We don't need to rely on Metapacks or Debian to tell us what we need. No, we're going to do this all from scratch. We know what we're doing, right? Right. I don't need to select SSH server. I can just install OpenSSH server, and I'm good to go. And then I don't get a bunch of extra cruft, if you will, uh, because we are going to choose the packages that we want to install in this particular case. There's times when, you know, if you want to set up a desktop Debian system, you certainly want to choose the default system utilities and the desktop environment. It'll save you a ton of time and will work well with your laptop or desktop computer. But in our case, we're building a server. We just want it to be for server use. Here we go. It's a blue screen, not of death. This is Linux, not Windows. So it actually means that we're almost there, I think. It's installing Grub. That's one of the final steps. That's our bootloader. Here we go. So it didn't take very long at all when you consider, and it's all, you know, it's downloading everything through the internet with the amount of traffic that we're putting in right now. Okay, do you want to install it to the master boot record? Yes. Remember, I'm doing this on a virtual machine. There's nothing else on the virtual hard drive. You may want to be conscious of what you're doing uh, with regards to where you install Grub if you're doing this on a physical machine with other installations. Um, But in our case, it's just the sole thing on the hard drive. Here we go. Almost there. Okay, continue. Installation complete. Yes! I'll say finally. Realistically, though, that wasn't so painful, was it? When you think about it, we've installed Windows XP before, so that was not painful at all. Okay, what do you want to do? Go. Here we go. Booting up for the first time. Here's Debian. And yes. Go, go, go. All right, we're in. We're in. Okay, log in. Etherpad. Password is the one that you assigned. And now we are in Debian. We're not in Ubuntu or Point Linux. So we're actually going to go SU enter to become root. All right. Now I'm going to enter my root password. Now I'm going to go apt get update. 
Notice I didn't need sudo because I'm already root. Okay. apt-get install open SSH server is the first thing that I want because I want to be able to basically connect into this thing with SSH so that now I've got a headless system out there that I can control just through SSH. How beautiful is that? Okay, so as soon as I can just minimize that, I can bring up my terminal. Uh, Now I'm going to need to determine the IP address, I guess. So let's let that finish. I'm going to type in ifconfig because I am root, remember. ifconfig tells me that this is 10.0.0.204. You see that? inet adr, okay, 204. So I'm going to go. In my terminal, this is my host now. I'm no longer in the virtual machine. SSH. Uh, etherpad at 10.0.0.204 and it warns me that I've never connected to this host before and it has a bad okay now I actually I have previously had um, a, a server connected on this IP address so I need to actually remove that particular that you won't have had that happen I've had another computer running on 204 and so it's telling me that hey that one doesn't actually match so Okay, I gotta remove that. So the way to do that, I can't really show you because it's gonna reveal some confidential information of my system because I do connect via SSH to other things. So I'm just gonna edit my known hosts file and I'm gonna remove the key for 10.0.0.204. Or I can just remove the known host file. I'll do that. Okay, let's try again. (laughs) Don't worry, you won't have that happen. Okay, now this is what you'll probably see. So I'm connecting to 204. Are you sure you want to continue connecting? Yes. Permanently added it to my known host. Enter my Etherpad password. Now I have remoted into that computer. SU. Become root, right? apt-get update will allow me see I'm now uh, actually updating that server I'm no longer doing anything on my computer I'm connected over here so let's bring up etherpad.org let's take a look and you're going to see what etherpad is we're going to go to download and notice there's a Linux and Mac and Windows download we're going to ignore that completely and instead we're going to click on see the installation installation instructions let's click on that Okay, so scroll down a little ways and you'll see GNU, Linux, and other Unix-like systems. And the first option is for Debian slash Ubuntu. Now, we're on Debian, so that's the one that we want. We're going to copy that line, which is going to install some of the things like Git and Curl and Python that we're going to need in order to run this software. So back in our SSH, see, because in our in our virtual machine itself, we don't have a way to paste in anything cleanly. So with SSH, though, I can go edit, paste, enter. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, you can do that. Yes. Okay. So it's doing all that. Next step. We need to get node.js. It's basically a software that runs on the server to be able to interpret server-side JavaScript. Check this out. All you need to do is go to the node.js website, right-click on the install button, copy link location, and back at our server's SSH, once it's done installing all the other stuff that it's got, we're going to actually be able to wget the uh, the file for node.js. All right, so that's almost done there. Come on, man, DB. So noticed I notice that I've transitioned from the process of deploying a Debian server, and now we're actually deploying the uh, Etherpad Lite and Node.js software and all of the dependencies for that. All right. So we're no longer working on the Debian server so much as we are getting it ready with the software that we're going to be running on it. Here we go. There's Git coming across the line. All right, and we're done. Okay, so now we're going to go into, let's say, temp slash TMP, wget, and then paste that URL from node.js, and we're going to download that node 
version 0.10.24. So now we want to, it's a tar file, right? So you see that it's node whatever.tar.gz. So what I actually want to do is I want to untar that. So I'm going to go tar-xvf, and then I can just type in node and then hit tab and then hit enter, and you'll see that it's going to extract all of the files from there. And it placed them in a folder called the same as the file name. So now there's the fi- there are all the files that were in that tar.gz file, which is basically the equivalent of, say, a zip file. Okay, so now we need to configure that. So we go dot slash configure from within the node folder. Notice that I'm no longer in slash TMP. I'm in, you know, I've gone into slash TMP slash node dash V zero, whatever it is at the time that you run this. Um, it may be different because we're actually going to be doing this. We're getting the latest version of Node.js because we don't want to use apt-get to get it because it's fallen behind. Okay, so we're running the absolute latest version of Node.js. So I'm in that folder and I'm going to go dot slash configure, noting that I am still root, okay, because I SU'd in this session and I have not exited. Okay, dot slash configure and it's done. Okay, now I type make, and this is going to be the most time-consuming process, I think, is building. This is compiling. I mean, it's really not that hard. When you think about, somebody says, oh, well, you've got to compile the software yourself. It's really not that hard. I mean, what did we do? Dot slash configure, make. And now just have a sip of your coffee, make a paper airplane, whatever. Um, And it, it will take a couple of moments, but when it's done, it's compiled. Then we just need to install it from the compiled software. And we're good to go. So that's our next step. So, all right, I'm going to go back to my browser here while I'm waiting for that to make. Let's see what else we need to do. Okay, well, really, we're just kind of standing by at this point because the next step is we're going to actually clone the Git repository for Etherpad Lite. And then we're practically done. So here we go. That's going to run. I'm going to invite my darling wife down here because I think she would be fantastic at testing this with me. How do you like that? And she'll help entertain us because I, I'm just here all by myself. I'm very lonely. Very lonely. So how is how are you doing? Talk to me. Send me email live at category5.tv if you've got questions for me this week. Um, I'm looking forward to having Hillary here next week. And we've got more of those uh, those gift cards to give away from ESET. Um, loads of exciting things going on. I'm going to tell you about it in a little bit. That's just coming through. I've just sent Becca a message, and uh, she's going to come and join us, and uh, we're going to play with this thing and do some collaborative writing once this is done. So still making that, and it does take a little bit of time, as I mentioned, but you see it's it's really quite easy to do. All right. Here we go. Hello, my darling. As she works her way to the studio here. Welcome. I'll get you just to plug into this. Here we go. And just stick that on your belt, I think. There we go. Can you folks at home here, Becca, have a seat? Welcome. Give me a sound check. Check, check, check one, two. Hello. <laughs> All right, we're just in the final phase of deploying a collaborative writing software, which is is pretty neat because I'm just going to fix this for you because it, it seems to be a little bit okay. hanging off there. Is that better? That's better. All right. Well, thanks for coming down. It's been it's been really lonely the past you know what forty minutes. It's just been me sitting down here. I think that there's somebody watching. But <laughs> good to see you. Um, so we're just compiling. Uh, a piece of software that's going to allow collaborative writing. Mm-hmm. So you as an author, you know, I think about, you, you could be writing and sometimes you want somebody to proof your work and you want them to be able to kind of work with you on maybe enhancing a scene or something. So typically you would take a block of text that you're in the process of writing, you'd paste it into Facebook or whatever, send it over to them in a private message they'd make suggestions and then you'd have to go back and edit it in your document, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty typical. So what if instead you could paste that block of text, it doesn't have to be your master document, paste that block of text into a form that is basically a web form. Mm -hmm. And with that, they can actually edit it with you, get them on the phone and actually talk about it. 
Is this working? It's just loose. Yeah. <laughs> here, we're going to get Becca all fixed up here. How's that? Way to put you on the spot and just say, hey, come down and be on the show. There's a microphone upstairs. Put it on. Yeah. So th- does that sound interesting? Like, Yeah, for sure. I think about that's a good scenario, I think. I, I also mentioned, you know, wouldn't it be cool if when we're working on the shopping list, you know, if I'm at work and, and you're here and, and you know, what do we often do is we consolidate our lists and then you send me an email with the final list. But in order to just even just doing a shopping list, a bullet list. And being able to collaboratively edit that throughout the day, and then at the end of the day, I just print it and we're done. Yeah. That's kind of a neat scenario as well. Yeah. So literally final phase here, we're just making the software that is used to run this. It's called Node.js, and the software that we're going to be running is called Etherpad Lite. So folks at home, it is still compiling. Here we go. And as I mentioned, this is probably the the most time-consuming part of this entire process. So I've got your laptop all fired up there, Becca. So in a few moments' time, you're going to be able to connect into this thing if all went well. I mean, I'm assuming that it all went well, right? Because at the end of this, this is real time and it's happening live. So at the end of this, what could happen is could all fail miserably. (laughs) But I don't expect that's going to happen because we've committed too much time to it. Not that I ever have had that happen, right, folks? You guys weren't watching two weeks ago, were you? All right. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> oh, you don't know about that one, eh, Beck? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching two weeks ago. <laughs> you weren't? Oh, okay. Truth be told. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really geeky, this show, she tells me. <laughs> so. Here we go. I don't really know. It'd be nice to have a progress indicator or something. Yeah. We don't have. Normally we'd, you know, take a break and, but we're doing a live broadcast. While you're here, do you want to, like, do you want to help me do the news or something? We do the news while we wait for this to compile. Sure. All right. I mentioned some of the news stories that we have off the top of the show, but here, I'll give you a page and I'll, here you go. How's that? So we'll we'll uh, take a look at the news, folks, and that's we're going to just let that compile and uh, take it from there. All right, you ready for it? Okay. Here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Europe has launched the Gaia satellite, one of the most ambitious space missions in history, which has been development has been in development for more than 20 years. The 740M Euro Observatory lifted off a little under two weeks ago. Gaia is going to map the precise positions and distances to more than a billion stars. This should give us the first realistic picture of how our Milky Way galaxy is constructed. Gaia's remarkable sensitivity sensitivity will lead also to the detection of many thousands of previously unseen objects, including new planets and asteroids. The satellite is now traveling out to an observing station some 1.5 million kilometers from Earth on its night side, a journey that will take about a month to complete. By the end of the decade, the Gaia archive of processed data is expected to exceed one petabyte, one million gigabytes, equivalent to about 200,000 DVDs of information. Wow. (laughs) That sounds awesome. I think about, you know, we're big on sci-fi and everything, but... To think that they can travel that far. What was it? 1.5 million million kilometers in Mm -hmm. a month? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. There is hope for the human race yet. We'll get there, folks. Interstellar travel. That's next. (laughs) This is interesting. A little bit scary. Do you want me to take this one? We'll we'll tag team. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well... Here's a little bit of an update for you with regards to the target kerfuffle. Uh, Details on more than 40 million cards were stolen, in fact, by thieves who compromised card swipe systems at Target's tills. So it was the swiping systems. Security researchers said that the stolen card numbers had been seen on underground markets already. The thieves managed to grab the key details for so many cards by getting malware onto the computer systems at the checkout desks at more than 1,800 Target stores in the U.S. alone. 
It's still not clear how the thieves managed to get the malware onto the systems, but Target said in a statement released after it realized it was under the uh, had been under attack that the thieves had access to the card data read at the tills for almost three weeks. J.P. Morgan Chase said it had lowered daily spending limits to three hundred dollars. That's the equivalent of about one hundred and eighty-three pounds. Uh, and daily cash withdrawal limits to just $100 on potentially vulnerable uh, accounts, people who had been shopping at Target. Security researcher Brian Krebs said that there was evidence that card numbers stolen in the Target attack had shown up on underground markets where such details are traded. He was actually able to confirm the availability of card details which had been stolen from Target by buying a dump of credit card numbers and matching them to those that had been used in the store during the breach. That's scary stuff. I would find it incredibly frustrating and unnerving to simply swipe my card at a store and then find that all my data, I mean, enough information literally to clone my card. Yeah. And then to have my bank cut me down to a $100 a day limit. Yeah. I mean, sure, you want to get a new card, but I mean, that's kind of frustrating. Mm -hmm. A little bit. You ready to take one? Mm-hmm. This is kind of neat. Google's really getting solid into robotics, I tell you. <laughs> a robot developed by a Japanese startup recently acquired by Google is the winner of a two-day competition hosted by the Pentagon's research unit, DARPA. Team Shaft's machine carried out all eight rescue-themed tasks to outscore its rivals by a wide margin. Three of the other 15 teams that took part failed to secure any points at the event near Miami, Florida. Shaft's 1.48 meters, 4 feet 11 inches tall, two-legged robot entered the contest the favorite and lived up to its reputation. It makes use of a new high-voltage liquid-cooled motor technology that uses a capacitor rather than a battery for power. Its ener- ener- uh, engineers sorry, say this lets its arms move and pivot at higher speeds than would otherwise be possible, in effect giving it stronger muscles. Shaft's robot behaved nearly perfectly, but lost points because the wind blew a door out of the robot's hold and because oh. the robotic creation was not able to climb out of a vehicle after it su- successfully navigated an obstacle course. DARPA's Mr. Pratt added that the competition in the finals that will be held um, this month would help bring forward a time the machines could be used in real-world situations, saying, Today's modest progress will be a good next step to help save mankind from disasters. The top eight teams can now apply for up to a million dollars of DARPA's investment before the finals to improve their robot skills, and the winner will get a $2 million prize. Wow. (laughs) Think of the potential of a two-legged robot that can do all of those things, like affixing pipes, uh, water hoses. So you think about, okay, if there was a fire or something and a, a human could not safely go in, and, and we hear about you know, the, the sad stories of firefighters' lives being lost because they're committed to saving the lives of people that, are, you know, that they mm-hmm. can help. Mm-hmm. But to be able to send in a robot, like there's the the plus side of it, right? Is being able to send in a robot that can do those kinds of tasks mm-hmm. with no danger to human life. That's really awesome, I think. Yeah, there's certainly potential there. What about space missions? They don't have to breathe. Send them into space. Let them drift for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the Google robot in space. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take the next one. You ready for this? We've uh, taken a look a little bit at nostalgic gaming over the past while, and we, we've hit on a couple on the internet and HTML5 really kind of bringing them, but check this out. Classic video games from the 70s and 80s have been put online by the Internet Archive. They can be played within your web browser for absolutely nothing. The collection, which is found at cat5.tv slash classic, has launched with games from five early home consoles, including the Atari 2600 and ColecoVision. The Internet Archive has said that while the games do not yet have sound, they soon will. Well-recognized titles such as Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Frogger are all in the archive with more consoles and games expected soon. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, well, for the Category 5.TV newsroom... I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Becca Ferguson. Check out 
category5.tv slash newsroom, or if you've got a story that's worthy of on-air mention, make sure you email newsroom at category5.tv. All right, well, that is all done deploying. Uh, and thanks for that, Becca, by the way. Very kind of you to <laughs> I didn't have a chance to proofread it. I know. <laughs> and it's a good thing that it was so incredibly well-written. <laughs> okay, so Node.js is done making. Now we need to go make install. All right, so that's the actual installation process, which is much, much quicker. It's done. All right, done. No errors. We're good to go. So... Next step, now that we have got all of the stuff that we need, okay, well, we actually need to install our software, Etherpad, right? So we're going to use git for that. So notice that I'm root right now. We need to type exit so that I'm back at being Etherpad. Go to my home folder, which is tilde, right, which currently has nothing in it. And I'm going to run the next commands from this list on the website, etherpad.org. And I'm going to paste that in. Now what we're actually doing is we're cloning the Git repository to our computer, to the virtual machine server. So now it's done. So now if I go into that directory, you'll see that you'll, you'll be able to run it now. So if I go into, you'll, well, if I do another LS, you'll see Etherpad Lite is now there. Etherpad Lite. And you look in and everything's there. So if we go bin run.sh, well, it says, please be patient if this is the first time you've ever run it. Okay. So my IP address there, Becca, was 204. So on your computer, um, if you want to go to, and I'm going to do the same so you can copy from my screen, 10.0.0.204 colon, colon 9001 is the default port. And you'll see right now it says unable to connect. But what I'm doing is I'm just waiting for that. It says please be patient. So we're going to be a little more patient than that. All right, 10.0.0.204. That's the IP address of my virtual machine. 9001 is the port, so that's why I've got a colon after the IP address. So the port is 9001 by default. Here we go. All right, you ready for it? It looks like it's okay. It's finishing up. Now if I refresh, does it start yet? Not yet. Okay, it's still doing the... This is the initial build. I'm just, I've just installed everything. We're running the Etherpad Lite software for the very first time, so it's configuring everything. It's setting up a temporary database. It's doing all that stuff for us. So it takes a little bit more time than, say, subsequent runs. Subsequent runs are going to be instantaneous. There we go. Okay, looks like everything is, you know, up and up. Let's see. Entering directory. There's some errors there. Hopefully none of them are errors that are going to prevent execution. Starting and using DirtyDB, which is the temporary database engine. And looks like it's up. There we go. So hit enter on that, Becca. And you'll see that now Etherpad is up and running, yeah? Mm -hmm. So would you... I'm going to actually create a pad just so that the viewers at home can see this. Um, so let's say we're going, to, we're going to call this writing. Okay, so now I've created my first pad. So what I'm going to get you to do, Becca, is go to that address, slash P, slash writing, with a capital W. Okay, now you'll see up in the top right-hand corner here, I've got one. Now when Becca comes in here, all of a sudden it's two, because there are now two people working on this document. I'm going to actually click on that up in the top right-hand side, and I'm going to enter my name. My name is Robbie. And the other person here is Becca. I'm going to make Becca a different color. I think I can do that. Uh, maybe it's not there. I'm going to zoom out a little bit. Yeah, here we go. Colors? I don't know. It's in here somewhere, folks. Anyway, do you want to start typing, Beck? Just because I'm looking... Yeah, so we're collaboratively... I'm looking for... How to change your color. Oh, what did I do? Neat. Oh, that's a... Cool. I was looking at the timeline. And I got myself forbidden. Let's try again. There we go. Oh, milk, eggs, yogurt, cereal, bananas. <laughs> okay, so you've started creating a, a bullet list of our groceries. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to remove all this other junk that's 
temporary stuff. What happened on your screen? It was removed as well. Okay, so now watch mm-hmm. this. I'm going to go uh, milk. Two bags. So what's happened on your screen? It says two bags. Yeah. <laughs> so just for the sake of the viewers at home, if you could actually just you know work on that list, maybe change a few things. And I'm going to just zoom in a little bit. So she's on the laptop there. And she's typing away. That's not me. And it's actually, uh, it would be nice if it was a different color. And I know that you can set that. I'm forgetting where it is that I set that. Global view, no. Oh, uh, duh. Okay, I'm going to be red. (laughs) Okay, so you're green, I'm red. Test. Okay, so now I've typed that. Now you go ahead. And while you're doing that, I can be up here doing other stuff. Right? You can be doing that, and then I can capitalize the C because it should be capital, and I can put. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, we're gonna what go sun chips. Chips with a small C. What is that? I know. So here we. I mean, this is a, just a silly little example, right? But thinking of the scenario where you're editing um, something for your book, you want to have a paragraph in there. You want people to help you uh, with their ideas and things. You can actually see who has entered. Some of the information. Ooh. It was a... Wet. <laughs> you know, whatever. So that happens in real time on her screen. Now, what happens if we both start typing at the same time? I'm going to start typing on line 15. You start typing on line 16 or something right below me. So literally, here we are in real time. I can't talk and type at the same time. Here we go. Let's race. (laughs) Oh, I just moved her down a line. How do you like that? So there's really a lot of control here that we can do when working collaboratively. So how fantastic is that? We pulled it off within the course of an episode. Thank you for helping with the demonstration, but... I think there are a lot of scenarios where that can be very, very useful for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let us know how you end up using uh, this particular software. Again, it's called Etherpad Lite, and it's available for you for free. All you have to do is follow through this tutorial. You'll be able to have it up and running. If you don't want to go through, you know, let's say you're just, oh, I'm, just, I'm feeling so lazy. It's New Year's Eve. I just want to have this thing up and running instantly. All you need to do is go to turnkeylinux.org and at turnkeylinux.org you're going to get pre-built Etherpad Lite. You can just download the virtual machine, run it, and you're done. I like to have a lot more fun than that. I like to do it myself. Yeah, I like what, to show you how to do what it. What would be the advantage of doing it the long way? As opposed well, to you, just the- we have complete control over all the stuff that's been installed. So from the very get-go, we installed nothing that we didn't need. So the server ends up being our built server. Mm-hmm. It has only the software that we need. We've used very, very little space. Right. I don't even know how much space we've used there. Let's take a look at the virtual machine. Uh, let's see, virtual machines. And if I can find the location of the VDI file. Etherpad. So that file, the VDI file, is in total 1.6 gigabytes. So very, very small amount of space being mm-hmm. used for that when it really boils down to the fact we've got the OS, the software, everything. Mm-hmm. Do keep in mind that it's using DirtyDB out of the box. If you're going to use this in a production de- environment, you need to use a nice, solid databasing engine such as MariaDB, MySQL, something like that. All the directions are available for you on their website, etherpad.org. So make sure you check that out um, and learn about how to set up um, running on a proper database engine. I'll just show you really, really quickly if I control C out of that. Here we go. Control C. Now I've basically closed off the connection. Becca says reconnecting, reconnecting your pad. If you do an LS, you'll see a file called settings.json nano settings.json and you can actually go through this file very very self-explanatory how to set this up you can rename it you can set things up and you can change your database type to mysql you can set up your mysql database okay there it is db type mysql db settings and all that stuff so if you know a little bit about that uh, but do follow the directions on their server 
uh, on their website, etherpad.org. So thanks for being with us tonight. Hope you had a good time. And uh, we're, we're just about right out of time. Hard to believe that we've run out of time, but we've got more of those gift cards to give away next week. Um, so we don't have any more time tonight, but uh, make sure you check us out next Tuesday night. Hillary Rumble is going to be joining me. And we've got some exciting stuff going on next week. We're going to be taking the GIMP, the GNU Image Manipulation Program, and enhancing the filter set. So we're taking a free image manipulation program and making it even better than it is out of the box. So you don't want to miss that. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight, Becca. Nice to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) See everybody. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 